Now, Birdsong, fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host, Leonard Birdsong. Hello, folks. This is Birdsong, back with you for another week of news and information on the radio. I'm here with E.J., you want to speak a little French to our audience? Oh, for sure. All right. She loves that language, French. At any rate, we've got a great show for you. We're going to do the news of the good, the bad, and the ugly, as we usually do. There will be some dumb criminal law stories and some riddles. This week, we're not going to have a Paul Harvey story, but we're going to give you some information about DNA testing. It's become a very popular thing in the United States. But let's start out with the news of the week that we think are the good, the bad, and the ugly that we want you to know about. Let me start with a story that part of it came out in the New York Post. It says the Unite the Right to rally in the nation's capital on Sunday was a complete washout. And the rain had nothing to do with it. The planned white nationalist gathering across the street from the White House was cut short when only about 20 supporters showed up. They were there to hear speeches, but they were overpowered by chants of thousands of counter-protesters. The small band of white nationalists huddled together in the southwestern corner of Lafayette Park for what they billed as a Unite the Right to. They were separated by metal bar- barricades from the uh, counter-protesters. And it just did not go well. There were speakers and the Jason Kessler, who uh, organized the rally, had expected 400 white nationalists to show up. Now, that was reporting from the New York Post about the rally. I spent much of my life living in Washington, D.C., and I've been to Lafayette Park a lot of times. It's right across from the White House. But at any rate... I am not in favor of white supremacists. You probably know that if you've listened to my program. Only 20 of them showed up. Last year, there was a riot in Charlottesville when Nazis, neo-Nazis, and white supremacists and alt-right people came and had a march and a riot in Charlottesville. One person was killed when a white supremacist drove his car through a group of people. So this was supposed to be on the anniversary of that incident, there are going to be more white nationalists coming to Washington, D.C. to spew their hate. They say, of course, they only wanted free speech, wanted to say what they wanted to say. Well, generally, what they have to say is nothing but hate. I'm glad that only 20 of them showed up. It's my opinion that only 20 showed up because after the debacle of Charlottesville a year ago, a lot of these white supremacists, white nationalists, neo-Nazis, and alt-right people got in trouble. They were outed. A number of them lost their jobs when their employers saw them on TV beating people up. Some of them got arrested by the police, and now they have a record. They also lost their jobs. The President of the United States tried to play it down the middle and said there were good people on both sides. They're both equally to blame. I don't believe that. But that's what we heard. 
They were also there, weren't they, because of the statues? Well, that was what they were. That's uh, what they were. Removal of the Confederate statues. That's what they were said they were doing last year. Right. This year, they just wanted to talk more about their platform. From what I can gather, the supremacists think that President Trump is on their side. He may be. I hope not. But it's not good for our country. This kind of hate is crawling out from under the rocks. But I think that their program is not going to work very well. The Internet is a good place where you can hide and say all kinds of nasty and hateful things about people. But when you take it to the street, folks, it gets a little more difficult. There'll be repercussions. There will be repercussions and there will be a thousand, a thousand counter protesters saying we don't want this. As a matter of fact, I have some words here from that article that I was originally reading. When it started to rain on Sunday, no one really left. The counter protesters were packed tightly together. They stood shoulder to shoulder and they shouted slogans, including Nazis aren't welcome. And no hate, no KKK, no fascist USA. As the rain began to fall a little harder, the crowd chanted, it's hot, it's wet, but we aren't done with the Nazis yet. Several speakers addressed the, the, uh, the group, but later on, the rally ended early. The 20 people were put in a white van and driven to the uh, metro station so they could go back to where I guess they parked their cars or whatnot. And went home. That's the good of the week that their rally failed. I hope they won't do it again. Well, that show, and what's good about it too is it shows that uh, your employers, your maybe girlfriends, and even your relatives, <laughs> and your relatives are going to stand up against them and to tell them they're wrong. To uh, cause repercussions, consequences for their negative behavior. Jason Kessler, the guy who set up the rally, his father doesn't understand why he's become a white nationalist. He was not like that as a kid, and his father wants him to get out of this because he feels it's going to lead to his destruction, Right. and it might. So that's the good of the week, but we have some bad here that I want to talk about. Now, this bad comes under the rubric of, Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy can be, I guess, you can say that it's saying one thing and meaning another. That's one way of looking at it. What we have here is last week, some of you may have heard that our first lady, Melania Trump, her father, her family, her father and mother are in the United States. Why? Because she sponsored them to get green cards from their home in Slovenia to come and live as permanent residents in the United States. They've come to the United States. They've lived here five years. They never got in trouble. They paid their taxes. They did what they were supposed to do. And after five years, you have a clean record. You can apply to become an American citizenship. And that's what happened. Melania Trump sponsored her parents for American citizenship. And they were granted it last week. Now, the president is saying... What timing? President Trump is saying, we don't want any more people. We're closed. 
We want to do away with what is called chain migration. Well, it's not really chain migration. Chain migration is with bringing black slaves over from Africa in the 18th century. But these people have co-opted the term to mean what? That you can bring all of your relatives in from other countries. Once you apply, then you start bringing in everybody related to you. That's right. Now, we know that Trump is not right with this. He doesn't know much about immigration law. He talks about people who came as an immigrant and then brought 32 of their relatives in as chain migration. Never happened. There, That is not the way it works. You can't bring all of your relatives under the United States immigration law. You can sponsor your spouse, your children, your parents, and that's it, your siblings, brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. However, there's a long waiting list for many of these people. Brothers and sisters are the lowest on the scale. Sometimes it takes them 10 to 15 years before they are allowed to immigrate to the United States. Mm -hmm. However... We've never had a situation where one person came in with a green card, became an American citizen, and sponsored 32 of their relatives. That just doesn't happen. So this is hypocrisy. The mother, the wife, sorry, of the president of the United States has been using our immigration system, which has been in effect for 53 years now, since 1965, to bring people legally to the United States. Uh, Her husband now wants to change and do away with the legal system that brought her Parents of the United States made them American citizens. Now, that's part of the bad. The other part of the bad is that the architect of well, all... Well, they probably wanted to get under the... Under the, uh, what is that under the wires under before the wires. they changed the law. Exactly. Well, I'm hoping the law will never change. I'm hoping, although I've been working in immigration for much of my life with immigration concepts and representing and working in the State Department, I know that the system is working if you know how the system is supposed to work. A lot of people lie about it. A lot of people don't know how it works. But what I really wanted to come to is the architect of these new ideas is a fellow by the name of Stephen Miller. He's a 34-year-old man. He works in the White House. He used to be on the staff of Jeff Sessions when Jeff Sessions was a senator from Alabama. Jeff Sessions is now the Attorney General of the United States. He is a person whose family... In 1903, were allowed to come to the United States legally because they were fleeing persecution in Russia, which really now is Belarus. And he was able to, the father came, stayed three years, saved his money, and sent the rest of the family to the United States three years later. The family prospered. They worked hard, as most immigrants do. They built up a good business. Um, they prospered in the United States, made money, and the son, grandson now, he's the one who wants to change the laws. Now, I'm not going to get into racial stuff, but all of this comes from an article that we came across earlier last week, and the title of it is, Stephen Miller is an immigration hypocrite. I know because I'm his uncle. And his uncle writes all about the family, how they all immigrated to the United States. They were fleeing persecution. They left their little village. They left everything behind. They worked hard, as I said, and they have become good citizens of the United States. Why has their grandson 
become so negative. Now, these are Jewish people. Part of what they were fleeing was religious persecution. They lived under the czar of Russia. The czar of Russia decided that there would be pogroms. This is where his soldiers would go out and run Jewish families out of their villages, kill many of them, burn up their possessions and their homes. It was awful. This was done in Russia in the late, uh, what is it, 19th century. But his son, but their grandson now, he wants to do away with what he calls chain migration. He's the one that came up with the new term for for what we call family reunification. That's what our immigration system is based on. But he calls it chain migration. So at any rate, he's got some nerve. He so benefited that, from that. Not he benefited from it. His family his benefited. Family benefited from it. And he's going to act like he doesn't know anything about it. He's but by the same so token, ridiculous. our president, who's buying into all of this stuff, he should be aware that his family came here to escape certain things. I found that the reason that the grandfather Trump first came to the United States is that he did not want to be conscripted into the Prussian military. He took it on the lamb and came to the United States. When the heat died down, he came back, went back to Germany for a while, and then he came back to the United States. His wife, nope, uh, Mr. Trump's mother, she was Scotland, and she didn't come from a high-born Scottish family. As a matter of fact, they were poor, and they were hungry, and she came to the United States seeking a better life. She came to New York City, where the glitter was, and where she met a husband who was a hard-working fellow who bought property in Queens, New York, and built up quite an empire and became a millionaire. Now, Trump's father. That's Trump's father. But now Trump wants to say, well, we don't want other people to have these kind of uh, resources. We want to close the United States. We do not want any more immigration like this. Well, that's what they said back in the 1920s. Many people said that, people who took the position that Mr. Stephen Miller and Trump are taking. And it was really bad for the United States because at the end of the 20s, we started into a big depression and there were more people leaving the United States than coming to the United States. We didn't have enough people to do the labor that we needed in the United States. As a result, they changed many of the laws starting in 1952. And we have a new immigration system. It was revised or added to or amended to in 1965 to get what we have right now about legal immigration. So this is the bad. We have hypocrites who are trying to make and change immigration policy that has worked well, that has brought people here for more than a century. And now the people who benefited from that, they want to cut everyone else off. That is bad. Well, if we, had, if we had changed the laws back then, their families wouldn't have been able to benefit. You're absolutely right. Benefits would have been killed. That's why the uncle wrote this article, because he knows that his family was able to live and prosper because of the laws of the United States. All right, folks, this is Birdsong. I'm here with EJ. We've been talking about the good and the bad of the news during the past week. The good was... 
the Unite the Right white supremacist organization failed on Sunday. Their their um, rally was a dud. The bad is we have hypocrites trying to change our immigration system, our illegal immigration system. They're hypocrites because they've they've uh, prospered from our system and now they want to cut everyone off. We're going to come back and we're going to talk to you about the ugly of the week. Oh, and has it been ugly? This is Birdsong. Stick with us. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Song back with you. Thanks for staying with us. There's more. We've been talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly news of the week. We haven't talked about the ugly, but that's what we're going to do. Let me just go back a little bit here. The bad was the news about the hypocrisy of our president and his advisor, Stephen Miller. They want to change legal immigration laws to keep more people out when their people have um, allowed, been allowed to use it. Melania Trump's mother and father just got American citizenship last week. Her husband wants to change the law so other people can't do that. That's hypocrisy. The article where I found some of this information was in Politico. That's a new source that you can find online, Politico. That was the the, uh, article that the uncle wrote. That's right. In Politico. Right. All right, the ugly, what do you think it is? Do you have any idea, EJ? Well, I'm looking at I have a feeling it has something to do with Amarosa. That it does. Amarosa versus Trump. This is the news that is really ugly. She has a new book. Most of you know who Omarosa, Amarosa is. She worked in the on The Apprentice show. She's been a supporter of Donald Trump. She's worked in his White House as a special advisor, and now she's turned on him. She's written a book that came out uh, early this week that talks about the fact that um, Mr. Trump is a bigot, a racist, and he hates women, a misogynist. And she knows why And she has proof because she has tapes and she's been going on television programs, radio programs, giving newspaper interviews about her book and what she knows about Mr. Trump. It's driving Mr. Trump crazy. As a matter of fact, he's been tweeting about her. Although at one time they were Ace Boone Coons, she was his protege on his show, The Apprentice. She was on there three times, as I understand it. She'd get fired, he'd bring her back because she was the kind of thing that people liked. She was double dealing, backstabbing, an awful person, but people loved her. And so he brought her into the White House. Now he's turned on her. One writer has said, and that writer is, uh, let's see if I can find his name here. Nah, I can't find it. At any rate, The apprentice has now become the master. She's doing the very kinds of things that Mr. Trump would do. 
she says that he's shaking in his boots, words to that effect, because he knows she has the goods and she has it on tape. This is mighty ugly. Mr. Trump has been tweeting, calling her a lowlife, calling her a dog, saying he's not a racist. But over the last few weeks, he's been doing things, talking about African-Americans in very bad ways. Now, the big thing about this, and I really don't want to get too deeply in the weeds with this, is Miss Amorosa says there's a tape floating around that the president has used the N-word when he was on The Apprentice. Now, we don't know if there really is a tape, but she says it'll be revealed soon enough. This is ugly. We have a former staff staffer and a president at war on Twitter and on the television about what the president may have known and when he knew it. She has said that the president knew about the WikiLeaks long before they came about. He knew they were coming. He knew about it before they started. She's also said that the special counsel, Robert Mueller, has called her in for an interview. And she's told him a number of things. And she also said that if he wants to talk to me again, I have more to tell him and I'll bring the tapes with me. Now, I'm going to tell you, folks, this ain't pretty. It's ugly. But, you know, deep down inside, I don't believe this is real. These both of these parties are scallywags, President Trump and Omarosa. I think they may have cooked this up as a distraction from the Manafort trial. Now, I wouldn't put it past. I, I, I just don't know. I've been in many trials. The Manafort trial has been going on and it was coming to an end when all of this started. We don't have a verdict yet in the case. He's been tried on 18 counts. He didn't put on any evidence. The defense for him rested without putting on a single witness or a single piece of evidence. Now, again, I think so that think this, this was a distraction. I think this was done as a distraction. I think that trial. they're, I think they're in cahoots. I just, you know, a lot of people don't trust Omarosa. And I don't think she has a lot of credibility, but if she has tapes, Tapes generally don't lie, do they? So that is the ugly of the week, folks. I don't know how much uglier this administration can get. I don't, you know, even though they were battling, he still should be uh, circumspect about what kind of uh, words he uses to attack her. That's right. She's a human being. She's a woman. Maybe, though, this is the other side of it, maybe, He's trying to help her sell books. Have you ever thought of that? Yeah, that's true, too. Again, Make her look bad, but people will want to read the book. That's what our society does, you know. Any any kind of publicity is good publicity. That's true. So he may be helping her sell her books. Again, I wouldn't put it past her. Yep. This is his way to, to uh, make up for the fact that he she was fired and the tapes that she did use were tapes showing that he cared about her. Yeah, he used to say good things about her, and, he, and she used to say good things about him. Right. But now they're both saying bad things about each other. Well, you know, I didn't watch The Apprentice, but I knew what happened in the show. I would read about it. She was fired a couple of times, and she was brought back. Now, I suspect if history repeats itself, he may rehire in the White House. 
Well, I don't know about that. I would think that she would be hired by the uh, campaign. The 2020 campaign for yeah, Mr. Trump? Yeah, they've collected money. They've they collected people. a lot of money. They've hired people already. So I don't know if she's getting the $15,000 that they said they paid people to sign this uh, non-disclosure, non-disclosure agreement. agreement. But um, She said she wouldn't take their money. That's right. She wouldn't take the money, and as a matter of fact... Well, uh, so that she could be working for the campaign to, to do, you know, to perform specific tasks... That's true. Um, as opposed to 15000 to sit at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she's, she's probably going to make some money from this. I don't know how much books have a short lifespan, this kind of book, but we will see. I don't know if she would go back to the White House, but the Trump administration has filed an arbitration charge against her in New York, mm-hmm. saying that she violated the non-disclosure agreement. She said... She never signed the non-disclosure agreement. But the other part about this, even if there is a non-disclosure piece of paper, generally you won't win an an arbitration because she doesn't work for Trump. She works for the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And a United States citizen has a right to say whatever they want to say as long as it's not about classified information. <laughs> and there have been lots of cases that have gone to court like that, where people have been brought in, hauled into arbitration, and they've tried to close, shut people up. But our Constitution says that a citizen has a right under the First Amendment to freedom of speech, as long as it's not classified. This is Bird Song. You heard it here. We will be back. You will like what you hear. Some dumb criminal law stories and riddles are coming up. Hi, folks. This is Birdsong back with you. I have my friend EJ with me. We've talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly news of the week. It's our opinion. You want to talk about it or say something about it, you can always write me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. I'll answer your emails. Right now, we want to read some dumb criminal law stories. You know I collect these stories. The stories are all true. You can uh, buy some of my books of dumb criminal law stories on my website, leonardbirdsong.com. These first stories are from Florida. A lot of dumb criminal law stories come from Florida. The very first one. Headline, not normal indeed. It has been reported that a teenager's prank turned really insane when after egging the school gym, he bit off the head of a live chicken in a school agriculture program. The 17-year-old high school student who was not identified faces animal cruelty charges. This, quote, this is not normal, said Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood. Oh, my God. Biting off the heads of live chickens. All right, Florida again. Headline, irony, maybe. The superintendent of schools in Melbourne, Florida, almost got a ticket. Desmond Blackburn was driving his official SUV in early April of this year when he illegally passed a stopped school bus where students were disembarking while local police were running a bus safety for campaign called 
Operation Busted. (laughs) (laughs) The embarrassed superintendent did not receive a ticket, but was sent on his way after being given a warning by the bemused police officers. Operation Busted. (laughs) Now, here's one from Florida that takes the cake. The headline read, Her Excuse Blows. A woman told police a gust of wind blew a stranger's bag of cocaine into her purse. Police allegedly found the coke in a handbag on 26-year-old Kanisha Posey's lap after she was pulled over for swerving in Fort Pierce, Florida. She said, it's a windy day. It must have flown through the car window and into my purse, she said. (laughs) Yeah, right. We do not learn whether she was arrested. Florida, the last story from Florida for today, headline, caught red-handed. A crook was caught trying to steal money from a church donation box. His name, Charles Hinckley, he's 34. He got his arm stuck in the box at the Trinity Episcopal Church in Vero Beach, Florida, and began bleeding when he tried to free himself. Hinckley was arrested after the police freed his arm. (laughs) Caught red-handed in the church donation box. Shame, shame. Shame indeed. All right. Here's a story from Georgia. Headline, she should have just said thank you. An Alabama woman was given an unwelcome package of ham. Her name, Beverly Harrison. She's 62. She allegedly set the family gift on fire in a garbage can, causing an explosion that severely, severely rather, damaged her room in the Bomar Inn in Athens, Georgia. Quote, She didn't want the ham, said police, who came to the inn and arrested her for arson. (laughs) That must have been some kind of ham, boy, oh boy. Donated. Right, how about that? Or was she trying to have a barbecue? Who knows? Barbecue pork. All right, here's a story from Illinois. Headline, repeat offender. We learned that a woman previously arrested for DUI-related offenses in Kentucky, Wisconsin, Indiana, California, Ah. Oregon, and Minnesota was recently charged with drunken driving in Illinois. Drunken driving in Illinois. Her name, Tasha Schlechter. She's 41. She was arrested in the town of Riverside, Illinois, where she had passed out at the wheel of her car at a gas station after trying to fill her car with kerosene. Instead of gasoline, police said. Repeat offender indeed, huh? <laughs> She's got a death wish. Oh, gosh. Here's a story, a very strange story from India. Headline, he'll never forget this crime. A religious guru whose penis was chopped off by a woman as he allegedly tried to rape her says he's on the road to recovery. Swami Gana Shanata was accused of abusing a now 23-year-old woman for years in South India before she sliced off his manhood with a knife. The not-so-holy man underwent extensive surgery and says he is now functional. Well, I guess he got the point. He'll never forget this crime, will he? <laughs> All right, now, a story from Japan. Headline. A nude awakening for this guy. His name, Kanichi Kuroiwa. Kuroiwa. He's 49. A city official in the town of Kochi, Japan, admitted to strolling naked with his trash 
to a waste collection station on most mornings. Putting on clothes, he said, bothered him. Nevertheless, when Mr. Kuro Iowa, not putting on clothes, this bothered his neighbors. He was arrested at 6.20 a.m. on a Monday in April for public indecency. A nude awakening. <laughs> All right. I have nothing to say about that one. All right. Well, there is nothing to say. Here's our last story for this week, our last dumb criminal law story. It comes from Louisiana. A burglar caught orange-handed. A Monroe homeowner entered his residence in mid-April of this year to discover a naked woman in her bathtub. She was chomping on Cheetos while taking a bath. The suspect, Evelyn Washington, 29 years old, was arrested on burglary and property damage charges. There was no charge for eating Cheetos while bathing. <laughs> Those are your dumb criminal law stories for this week, folks. Those are all true stories and uh, about dumb criminals. They never go away. How about some riddles now? EJ, you ready? I'm ready. All right, here's the first riddle. What is red and goes up and down? What is red and goes up and down? Just think about it. Don't give me an answer now. Second riddle. What kind of exercises do lazy people do? What kind of exercises do lazy people do? Finally, why are math teachers such good dancers? Why are math teachers so good dancers? All right, those are our three riddles. I'll come back at the end of the show. And uh, we'll tell you the answers to those, okay? This is Birdsong. Stick with us. We're going to take a break here, but there's more to come. Birdsong back with you. We're coming to the end of the show. In this segment, I very often have a Paul Harvey story, but today I came across some information that I want to talk about and give you some information about. It's about the DNA testing that a lot of people are doing. I just happen to have EJ here who knows a lot about genealogy and what's going on with um, these tests that people take to find out about their heritage and their background. There was a story, and I think you may have seen a recent story about a woman who uh, tried this. She grew up with a family. Her father was supposedly from Germany. Her mother was English. And anyway, she had her DNA tested, and she found out that she was half Hispanic, that her father, who she thought was her father, was not. Her father was a Hispanic man. A real father. Her right? real father, yes. And so I don't know if it disturbed her, but... It was a surprise, and that's what these tests sometimes do. Have you ever run into anything like that with the people you deal with with respect to genealogy? Well, not me personally, but there are, there's a program on TV called Long Lost Family, and uh, they deal with that issue. People who may who was adopt who were adopted, and they um, hired this couple or two male and female who've gone through something similar, um, has their DNA tested, has the person's DNA tested, 
and that's how they f- are able to find um, the relative that they are looking for. It's either a mother looking for a, a child or a child looking for their parents. Um, but I've heard stories uh, similar to this. Uh, but the DNA testing is, they're warned in advance that you may have some surprises. You may find some brothers and or sisters that you didn't know you had because, and that tells you that, uh, often it's because the, one of your parents, uh, may have lied to you. Have, no, one of the parents had a relationship with another parent, uh, another person, not your parent. Meaning they fooled around on the side mm-hmm. and, uh, had a child. Mm-hmm. And, um, Things happen. Things happen, right? No, but the father may have fooled around and had a child, I guess, more so. But um, people are finding out that uh, what their ancestry is, what their ethnicity really is. And it makes you, you know, it should bring people together. Uh, People should be more um, understanding of other ethnicities because you you never know. (laughs) You may really be... That uh, that ethnicity, um, but it's sad that uh, some people are finding out that they have some African American blood. Um, that uh, there's a woman who wrote a book uh, that came out recently that she found out in doing the ancestry research that her grandfather. Um, in looking at a census, found out that the grandfather was listed as black or mulatto, that they moved to a Midwestern state. Um, the wife, uh, and so that meaning this person's mother married a Caucasian man, and the writer of the book was the product of that marriage. Uh, she found, in finding out about her grandfather's race, she asked her mother, and the mother begged her not to tell anybody. Please don't mention to anybody until I die. And it's sad. And that, that husband was a racist. Um, so I don't know if he was still living at the time that she wrote it, or if he she, is still living. She all, she, her whole life she thought that she was white? She, well, her whole life she thought she was white. She's, I think, 50, in her 50s. Just like this woman here mm-hmm. in the story, she's in her fifth was in her fifties when she tested her mm-hmm. uh, DNA. So you know we're this country is a mixture. We're all mutts. The term that President Obama used for himself because his mother is white and his father's black, and the same same is true for Europe. Uh, President Trump tried to tell uh, Prime Minister May. That Europe uh, immigrants are ruining Europe's culture, and um, that it's not good for Europe, and uh, and it's not good for our country. But Europe is a mixture of people too. That's right. People people so don't realize just, that. Many people just, don't realize that. Right. That it didn't just happen recently that immigrants were coming. You have immigrants coming through there. I mean, you think if you studied history or did your research. You'd see that the the uh, who are they the um, people came into the barbarians came through That's there right. uh, the Vikings came through England France 
all of the European countries. That's right. Sicily, you know, you have people from the Arab countries who were in Sicily. So Sicilians are browner because they have some Middle Eastern blood. That's right. Well, of course, the Vikings, many of the people who came from Scandinavia have red hair. As I understand it, most of the people in England or what we call the United Kingdom with red hair probably are descendants of Vikings because the Danes... A lot of them have red hair. Mm. The Danes were Vikings themselves. But let us go on to some information that I want our listeners to hear about this DNA testing, things that I'm really surprised about. I didn't know it was this popular. Here's uh, some facts here. The total number of DNA test customers in 2013 were 330,000. The total customers so far in 2018 are 12 million now. Wow. 1.5 million are the numbers of Ancestry DNA kits sold last year between Black Friday and Cyber Monday, triple what was sold in 2016. What do these tests cost? The average cost is between 79 to $99 from what they call the top providers. And they have they have sales periodically. Mm-hmm. Now, one hundred and nine million dollars is spent annually on ads by Ancestry.com. I'm sure you've all heard of Ancestry.com. Yeah, they're showing one now for fifty nine dollars. <laughs> Good deal. Ninety four percent of Americans say that they have a right to access their genetic information with at home des- DNA testing. Eighty percent of Americans have privacy concerns about DNA testing. And 17% said privacy privacy concerns were their main reason for not trying to do this. They don't want to know their background. They're worried that some the information will be distributed to people that they don't want to know. Yep, that's probably right. 300 million is the amount of money that pharmaceutical giant GlaxoSmithKline has... uh, has used over the years to come up with their 23andMe genetic database. 59% of Americans think that the world would be more accepting of different races if more people got tested. And finally, 26% of millennials are more likely than older counterparts to want to take a DNA test in the future. All right, folks, that is the information I wanted to give you about DNA testing. And, and I want to make sure people know that the benefit of the DNA testing goes beyond trying to find your parents. It's also helpful in terms of putting together your your uh, family tree to the extent that you don't know who your grandparents are. The testing will help you connect with other people who um, are are your your relatives so that, you know, if you know your grandparents uh, you want, you may f- find out that your grandparents had brothers and sisters you never heard about because people moved around so much in the United States, uh, that, you know, your, your grandparent may have moved from a state, but they, that they left behind relatives there. And this helps you to find out who those people are. All right. Very well. Well spoken. We're almost at the end of the show. Next week, we will have a Paul Harvey story for you. But here we're going to have the answers to the riddles. Did you figure them out? Our first riddle. No, I didn't. What's red and goes up and down? What is red and goes up and down? I have 
no idea. There used to be that newspaper. They said it was red and red. Was it black and white and red all over? That's what they used to R-E-A-D say about newspapers. Red, but I don't know this red. But the answer here is what's red and goes up and down? A tomato in an elevator. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the second riddle. What kinds of exercises do lazy people do? I don't know. The kinds of exercises lazy people do are called diddly squats. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. All right, our last riddle for the day. Why are math teachers uh, good dancers? Why are math teachers such good dancers? Think about it. I can't come up with anything. They're good dancers because they have algorithm. Okay. <laughs> That's too heavy for you, huh? Most people. <laughs> we need a PhD in math. Uh, yeah, well, okay. We're going to end the show with something about leadership that I want you to know for this week. Think about what I've said. The challenge of leadership is to be strong, but not rude. Be kind, but not weak. Be bold, but not a bully. Be thoughtful, but not lazy. Be humble, but not timid. Be proud, but not arrogant. Have humor, but without folly. This is Birdsong. We've been here, EJ and I, this week. We want you to come back next week. We'll talk to you then.